Romans 1, 18 to 25. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and the wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools, and they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like human beings, mortal man, and birds, and animals, and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie. And they worshiped and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. Amen. May God bless the reading of his word. Well, it's Thanksgiving Sunday, and it's uh, Heritage Sunday around here, and, uh, you know, I got to thinking, they put in the bulletin that I'm supposed to give you a, a mini-sermon or devotion, but I got to thinking, this is Heritage Sunday, and I've heard about those old-timey preachers, <laughs> so... I don't know. Do y'all want the authentic Heritage Sunday experience or, or do you want the abbreviated one? <laughs> All right, we'll try and keep it short. But uh, we believe around here that there is a better way, a better way to live, and it's the Jesus way. We believe that Jesus not only came to die and rise again so that you and I could have hope of being with him someday in glory, but that he came to bring life and to teach a better way of life and to empower us by his Holy Spirit to live that better way of life. And as we reflect on Thanksgiving and on gratitude today, one of the, one of the hallmarks of his better way is gratitude and thankful living. And, and we can't really overemphasize that, so I look forward to just sharing some thoughts with you about that today. About 14 years ago, I was at a, uh, a lake, a reservoir in Jackson, Mississippi. And I was doing an internship that summer as a youth and music uh, leader guy. Uh, I don't know what my title was exactly, but I did some music and I helped out with the youth. And, and on this particular weekend, we had taken the youth to the lake. And we were riding around in a boat and they were you know, doing the whole uh, inner tube thing you know, behind the boat. And, just having a good day in the sun. And it was kind of crowded on our boat and not that many people can get on an inner tube at once. And so uh, the guy that had us on his boat ran into a friend of his. 
on the reservoir that was in their pontoon. And they didn't have that many people with them. And they said, well, send a couple over here with us. Very nice of them, very nice. And so me and, uh, and, and another youth went over there. I went with him, you know, just kind of chaperone <laughs> and uh, keep, a, keep an eye on all the, the crazies. And so we went over there to the pontoon and he started, you know, enjoying their pontoon and their stuff. And the next thing I know, this guy grabs their box of cookies and says, can I have some? And what are they going to say? No, you can't have any of our cookies. And I'm just sitting there shaking my head. I'm like, these people, we don't know them from Adam. They're already giving you their pontoon with their inner tube thing, and now you're going to eat their cookies? I was so embarrassed. I wanted to say, you ungrateful, spoiled brat. But I didn't. I might have got fired or something. I don't know. <laughs> so I held my tongue. But I, that stuck in my head since that day, and I think, you know, my mission is to raise two kids who won't steal other people's cookies on their pontoon. And there's a lot of gratitude missing in our world today. It's not passed on to kids a lot of times. And there's a lot of sense of what we deserve and, and not a lot of sense of what we have to be thankful for and living with an attitude of gratitude. And so. Uh, this is something that we've got to address, and I'll share with you a little bit of why. This passage that we read a moment ago is not probably your usual Thanksgiving passage. I think it started out, for the wrath of God is being poured out against all wickedness and ungodliness. <laughs> that just isn't probably what you typically hear on Thanksgiving Sunday. Uh, the wrath of God is being poured out. But the thing about a lack of gratitude is... It's a big deal. And the thing about having a spirit of gratitude is it's a really big deal. And it makes a really big difference. It matters a lot to God and it should matter a lot to you because it makes a big difference in the world and in your life. The Apostle Paul writes these words and he shares how that since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. This is a belief of Christians, that God and His general nature and His general existence and the fact that there is a God who has made this world and everything good in it, that provides for us, that this is self-evident, that this is common sense. And if you look through human history, it is. Now, we have a lot of misdirected worship, but we all have a sense that there's something to be worshipped, that there's someone to be worshipped. The, the recent phenomenon with atheism in its different forms is kind of a recent phenomenon. And, and the fact that they pretend that anyone who thinks otherwise is crazy, you know, puts them in the minority. <laughs> they, are, they are the minority. They are the, the few that have ever believed that. Because when you look around at this world, there are some things that are self-evident. Uh, Mike just mentioned 
how intricately everything is put together and how it all just has to function exactly right in order for us to even live and breathe. You know, one little thing changes and we can't function anymore. It, we are finely tuned and so is the universe. And so it doesn't take a rocket scientist to look around and say this doesn't happen by accident. That there is a God. And so the Apostle Paul says here's the problem. Even though they know in their hearts even though it's common sense, even though you can tell by just looking around, humanity has this problem. They neither glorified God as God, nor gave thanks to Him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. This is kind of a description of the fundamental problem of humanity since the fall. Adam and Eve in the garden, the description of that tree there and the one request from God that they not eat of that tree but they thought they might know a better way so they took matters into their own hands to make their own way to determine who it was that they would give their worship to and since that moment we've been deluded We've failed to give God the credit that only God deserves. We take it and we give it to other things and to other people. And sometimes we take it for ourselves. We pretend that we are God. Look what we have done. Or we'll say, look what He has done. Or look what we've done together. Sometimes we even worship stuff, right? Created stuff. Money. Possessions. Every time, though, that we fail to give ultimate credit to God, something happens. Something happens to the way we think. It becomes futile. And something happens to the way that we feel. It becomes foolish and dark it's because a lack of gratitude is actually living a lie and so we come to believe a lie and so that's why our thinking and our feeling becomes foolish and futile because we're living a lie to live ungratefully is to live a lie but to live gratefully is to live the true life, an honest life. To live in reality. I mean, Christianity really is, we believe, a reality check. Jesus came not just, again, to die and resurrect. He came to bear witness to the truth. Those are his own words. He came to bear witness to the truth. There is a God in heaven. It does matter what we do and how we live. There is someone to whom we owe thanks and who deserves all the credit. And He came to bear witness to that truth. As well as to make a way for us to have a right relationship with Him. 
And a part of that we find is to begin living grateful lives, which are lives lived grounded in reality, grounded in the truth. And it changes your life. When you're living a lie, your whole life is a lie. You're, you're, you're darkened and you're, you're thinking the way you think about things, the way you feel about things are just simply wrong. You look at anyone who's living a lie, who's living, believing a lie. You, know, you can take that to extremes and look at, at people who suffer from mental illnesses and they truly believe you know, really weird things, right? People with schizophrenia and different things, they, I mean, they'll believe outlandish things. Does that make their life better? To believe something that's not true? And yet so many of us, we live our lives as if we're buying a lie. We're living in a lie by harboring an ungrateful attitude. Now, if you've ever been on a pontoon with a youth that asked for other people's cookies, or maybe you owned the pontoon and someone asked for your cookies, that can be kind of infuriating. It's just rude, right? But rudeness is not the extent of the problem. See, it's not just that in living an ungrateful life, we somehow offend God. It goes beyond that. It's not just a matter of offending. See, when you begin to live a lie, and your hearts become darkened, and your thinking becomes futile, that begins to play itself out in your life choices. And ungrateful people, when that gets played out far enough, do some horrific things. An ungrateful attitude springs from the same heart that thinks that it's okay to sexually harass or rape someone, or to abuse a child, to oppress a group of people. It, it springs from the same heart that creates a mob mentality that thinks that you can just break everything because you're mad. It's those kinds of ungrateful spirits that all sorts of dark foolishness comes from. It's fundamentally an ungrateful heart. It's a a life lived in a lie. And Romans, again, an odd passage to choose, says that God's wrath is being poured out on people of this nature who have rejected God, not given Him the thanks and the credit that He deserves, and instead turned that thanks to other things, and so their thinking and their feeling has been darkened and turned futile and foolish, and so now they're pursuing all these crazy things and, uh, and terrible things, and God, His wrath is poured out against them. And, and do you know what His wrath looks like? So often we think of God's wrath as this lightning bolt from heaven, like he's Zeus. But Romans 1 describes it this way. That he turns them over to those dark desires of their heart. He lets them go. He lets us go. If we choose to live in a lie... God is a gentleman enough to say, okay, 
believe your lie, but the consequences you will suffer. And that is the description of the wrath of God. God gave them over. This passage says that time after time. It reminded me of the prodigal son. It's a famous story. People that you know, don't even know much about Christianity are probably at some level familiar with the story of the prodigal son who, who asks for his inheritance early in a real insult to his father, basically saying, I wish you were dead now. Go ahead and give me what I would get when you did die. And so his father, instead of backhanding him like any decent father would have in that day, seriously, sells part of his property so that he can give this young man his inheritance. And the young man goes off and squanders it. Now, have you ever thought about that from the perspective of gratitude? How ungrateful, how futile his thinking, how darkened his heart to come and to ask his father for that money as if his father were already dead. How ungrateful for all that his father was providing for him already. And he goes in his ungrateful spirit and his ungrateful attitude and he squanders all that and one day, where does he find himself now that the father has let him go and given him over to the desires of his heart, right? He finds himself with the pigs wishing he could eat the nasty stuff they're eating. And in that moment, perhaps we catch a glimpse of God's purpose and His wrath, His hope and His wrath. That as He turns us over to our foolish and darkened thinking in our ungratitude, we would come to such a low moment where we realize, I should have been thankful for what I had when I was in my father's house. Even His servants have it better than this. I'm going to go and just ask if I can be a servant. And I'll be thankful to be a servant in my father's house. I should have been thankful all along. And so in the depth of that moment where God's wrath, or the father's wrath in that story had played itself out, this son finds his way back to a grateful life and begins to give credit back where credit was due and his life begins to fall back into order. Gratitude is more than a gift that we give God. It's more than a gift even that we give others. Ultimately, it's also a gift that we give ourselves. Because to live ungratefully is to live a lie. And that ends up in all sorts of ruinous places for us and for those around us. But a grateful life is a true life. When we think about how this plays out practically in our life, the, the Apostle Paul wrote in another letter that we should do everything in the name of Jesus with gratitude, with gratitude giving thanks to God the Father. So gratitude is something that should permeate everything that we do in our entire lives. It's not just something we say at a meal. Or we say when someone gives us a gift 
it's a, it's a mindset, right? And a spirit that we live as ones who are grateful for what we have and for the blessings that we have, whether that's much or whether that's little at that given moment. We are called to be ones who give thanks to God in everything. That doesn't mean that we give thanks to God for everything even necessarily. <laughs> but that in every situation, no matter how terrible the situation or how great the situation, we live our lives from a, from a, a centered point, knowing and recognizing who God is and who deserves the credit even for that last breath that we took. And certainly for the next one. And if we live as grateful people at our workplace, we'll work differently. And if we live as grateful people in our homes, we'll treat our spouse differently, or our kids differently, or your cat differently. <laughs> grateful people just live different. They think different. They even feel different. I want to challenge you to work on uh, teaching gratitude to your kids or your grandkids every chance you get. Because gratitude is not something that just comes natural for us since the fall of humankind. In fact, we have a natural bent towards ungratefulness. It's the root of our problem, right? And so it's something that you get to try and impart to kids and to grandkids as they, I mean, the earlier the better. It's like learning a language, right? The sooner you can begin to teach a kid a language, they can just catch on so fast. And then you try to teach me and I can't even, you know, conjugate a verb. So try to teach them. One way, of course, to do that, the most important way is to model it. To show how it, what it looks like to give thanks. But it's not enough with kids to just model it. Not all kids, anyway. Because some of them will let you tell, say thank you for them all the time. They'll be perfectly happy with that. If you give our kids something and they don't tell you thank you, chances are they're not going to get to keep it. I'm sorry. <laughs> but the good news for you is they've kind of figured that out by now. And they usually get, our kids are shy. And they don't, they don't like to say anything. <laughs> and so uh, that was a challenge that we had to kind of work on and still work on to overcome is that shyness is not an excuse that, that gets you out of saying thank you to someone. You can be shy and not have a conversation. But if someone gives you something, you're going to be saying thank you or you don't get to have it. Because you're going to live in gratitude. Here's something that just, I don't know where, the, I think it was a God moment, because I didn't come up with this out of deep thought or anything like that, but one day it just kind of dawned on me that our kids should tell us thank you when we give them a meal or something, you know, cook food for them. And so I sat a meal down in front of our kids and I said, now tell me thank you. <laughs> and I felt really funny saying that. I thought, I don't know if this is right or not, but I'm going to try it. <laughs> <laughs> tell me thank you and I thought boy what kind of egotistical dad am I tell me thank you I need thanks <laughs> and uh, you know part of me thought 
how's that even going to be genuine, you know, if I'm like demanding that they thank me? But you know what? They gave the most heartfelt and genuine thank you, Daddy. And it's a thing now. And then a lot of times we don't have to remind them. But when we do, we just tell them. Don't forget to tell your mama thank you. Or don't forget to tell me thank you. And I don't know why that surprised me. Because our Father in the heavens has been telling us for generation after generation after generation after generation, tell me thank you. Tell me thank you. And from generation to generation to generation, there have been those who have responded with heartfelt gratitude to their father's request. Some of you are they who heard your father say, tell me thank you. And in heartfelt gratitude, you turn to him. You say, thank you. Thank you, Daddy. For every good thing that you've given me. For every good thing that you've made. And as a daddy, I can tell you, that makes his day. But it more than makes his day, it sets things right. Because you're no longer living a lie. You're beginning to live into the truth. And you begin to discover true life. And when you do, that begins to set things right in your life. And when things begin to get set right in your life, that affects those around you. And so, and so it goes. You will feel better and be better when you live an authentic human life grounded in gratitude. So I challenge you to say thank you this week and say it often. And not just this week, but say thank you when you rise and before you sleep. Say thank you when you lift your fork to eat. Say it to spouses, say it to parents, say it to kids, and teach your kids to say it too. Not just because you should, but because it's right, and because it's true, because it gives life. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for loving us enough to ask us to be thankful. We have a tendency to give credit to people and to things that don't deserve that credit. Holy Spirit, teach us to live in gratitude and thus to be a blessing to others and to you. Amen.